Hello everybody, this is Chini Amaji Podcast, brought to you by Impact Africa Network. This week we have part two of last week's podcast with the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah? Okay. I've got bad nicknames for this dude right here. <laughs> Young Kenju, aka Young... What can I call you now, Yanni? No, Young no. everything. But, <laughs> you know, you know, but you know your nickname is my Kenyan Jamie. <laughs> Jamie <laughs> Fox eh? in the building. <laughs> Yeah, he's always stepping up to me and, and making this JB like comments. Dude, by the way, just just take a <laughs> take a good look. This guy is Jimmy Fox the Pugano. Don't put me in the spot. Anyway. Anyway. So we got Young Kenji back on the hot seat to just kind of cap last week's podcast, which was uh, pretty awesome. Uh, fun recording that. And we'll just continue where we left off. So a couple of things that I thought would be important to cover is uh, you know, dig into a little bit of your experience. You know, going through founding a company and, and, and building that out and then exiting from the company and all that. So uh, you, have, you have a ton of experience to share uh, with, with the audience of entrepreneurs who are kind of in the process of going through the same thing or, uh, or doing that type of stuff. So number one is structure, right? And I guess the first question would be, where would you suggest people um, incorporate? Hmm. This is very controversial, but for me, <clears throat> what I've seen as something that works well has been Delaware. I find Say that again? A Delaware. Mm-hmm. And this is because if you do like good research, you'll end up seeing that majority of the money or the funds come from the US. From the US, yeah. So if majority of your fa- of your investors are coming from the United States or well, that's people are familiar with that, yeah. then it makes sense for you to do a Delaware uh, entity, which is sort of structured and has the right instruments that, you know, you don't need to like restart. Everything is already defined and it's very easy to do that. You know, you go to sites like clacky.com or Stripe Atlas, incorporate, and it's easy. So if you want to do vesting, if you want to do ESOP, if you want to do all those type of um, you know instruments, yeah. it's sort of easier. Now, a great friend of mine normally talks about cap table dynamics, and and define cap, what, what or, a cap table is or, or, or cap table acrobatics. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe we, we define what a cap capitalization table. What, yeah, what is that? basically, what a cap table is is you know capitalization table, and this is essentially the percentage of allocation of ownership in a company. Right. So if let's say I am a founder or two founders own the company, let's say they have 50-50% ownership of the company. If an investor comes in, what part of the cake do they take? So the cap table or capitalization table shows who, who, owns, who owns what. Now company. what happens is when investors come in, in different rounds and exits and you know, as you start taking money and add more people to the, it adds a level of complexity. And when you've, let's say, incorporated in Kenya, you have the laws that are Kenyan. Now, when you get an American investor or you get a, an investor from another place, then, you know, it now creates this dynamic because you don't know, okay, so what, do they own this part of the company or that other part of the company? So I found um, where you're incorporated might actually <coughs> be a friction or an acceleration to the money that you're getting. So you might not know it, but it might be a hindrance um, when you're trying to fundraise. And I hear a lot of people say, oh, fundraising, I'm struggling. But maybe probably it's because of where you're, where you're domiciled. Right. 
No, yeah, that's that's a good point. <clears throat> Next thing is is really about like governance, right? Um, yeah. And 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 what that actually means, and maybe maybe even if you can, I don't know, uh, talk a little bit about what your experience was with your own uh, governance structure or lack thereof at yeah. the startup you're doing. Uh, uh, lessons learned. However, you want to approach this. I mean, what I'll say is that in my experience. Um, experience firsthand and also seeing other companies go through this. I mean, it's a repeated problem that I've seen, not with just one company, but with multiple companies that I meet. Great team, great founders. Um, but then now when it comes to pivotal changes or making a decision that affects the direction of the, the, direction of the company, then yeah. there becomes a problem mm. because someone doesn't know, I, is he trying to take over the company? Um, there's a classic book written called Founder's Dilemma. And it talks about, you know, how, you know, two classic fabrics. Do you want to be rich? Do you want to be king, right? And so one of the founders might want to be rich. And for him, maybe for him it's about, let me get all the resources to make us successful. So he's not uh, afraid to... Invite him, people to... Yeah, you know, come join the journey. We're going to do it together. He's not afraid to share bits of the part of the company and the cake. Then you have the king mentality where... That person wants control. They wanna, mm -hmm. they wanna, they wanna maintain control of the vision, of the mission. They wanna go at their pace. They wanna do that, and it's really good to know quickly which type of a founder or which type of a founder or your partner is in the company. If you are, if these are co-founder situation. Also, it's also good to know as an employee joining a startup, what type of fabric is the founder? Is are they the king or do they have a king mentality or do they have rich mentality? Right, and that now. You know, because everybody is incentivized in a different way. Right. And so understanding that um, quickly, I found, helps you know, um, okay, this is the type of person I'm working with. How do I navigate this situation? So if they are king, then you know, okay, this is how I'm supposed to. It's just about adapting to the situation and seeing, is this what I want? And this is what I... Now, talking about that, um, once you know that, the next thing is like, okay, how do we approach tough conversations, right? Um, how do we do a cadence of our board meeting? How do we set the direction of the company? How do we set the goals? How do we measure performance? How do we do that? Majority how do you make time, decisions? How do you make decisions and how do you also project the trajectory or the roadmap that you're following? Because most of the time when you're starting out, you're doing a lot of experiments. There's a lot of chaos. Right. Idea comes, execute. Go do it. <laughs> Idea comes, execute. You know, I meet a lot of guys who are like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to do it. You know, it's just do it, just do it, just do it. Which works in the early stage, but then they are reached a time where you've done a lot of things, but then you need to take a step back and some strategy. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, analyze, okay, what have we learned? What And so what the step that I see people missing is the retrospective. What have we learned? What And every time people bring that up, some people take it as an attack or you know don't take it the right way or and sometimes it's about being honest about yourself the business is not working we've tried so many things we put in money we're frustrated we're flustered and we need to address the big you know this strategy the, is the not elephant working. in the room the elephant in the room so, so let's, let's take a step back so one, one thing i hear you talking about here is values alignment right exactly king, which versus king this is a very very important thing it's very important Understanding the way your co-founder or the person who's leading the company you're about to join is wired. Yeah. What makes them tick? It is critically important for you to understand the environment you're going in. Exactly. It's almost because 
it's almost like a, you could analogize it to like a, a parenting in a very real sense, yeah, yeah. right? And so, I don't know, in my view, I would rather work for somebody who wants to be rich and has a big vision, or at least married to the vision in it, as opposed to somebody who wants, is it control more than just, it's a very I interesting know. thing. I don't know, I mean, we see people that have like a, a sort of like king mentality, and they've succeeded. So I don't think there's like, but they're outliers as well. They knew that. Give me an example of who, who you think has a king mentality who has, who has succeeded. I don't know. I'll say maybe Elon Musk. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe don't know from what I read, I don't know. But like. But he invites people to participate in the cake. I mean, I don't think. Uh, so we have to win. We have to I think it depends on the type of business that you're trying to do. Uh, you see, like family businesses. Those are king so businesses. Like, yeah, those are king businesses. <laughs> they're like. Here's my view on this. Know, they're like. By the way, this business, this is how I run it. Right? <laughs> so, you with your, uh, ideas. with your ideas, please just go back. Yeah, I know how to run my business. And that's a traditional way. That's, that's a traditional from. way. Yeah. But then if you're trying to build a global business, it's going to scale. What? No, no, no. Let me, let's not even get, get to global. That. Let's not even get to Because global yeah. is, very few businesses go global. I think what this is, in my view, is if you're trying to be an innovation-driven business that has a complex, that has a software element to it, has a com some complexity to it, where you need talent, exactly, you cannot be a king mentality. They don't; they are diametrically opposed. Because people are wired differently. Not even that. Because people are wired differently is true, but you will need other people at the table smarter than you in a different dimension. Exactly. You need help. You need help. You don't know everything. One of my mentalities is like, I don't need to know everything. I just need to know the right things to get the job done. Period. And, and how other people. And I want to trust. And I want to create. And if you want to create a high trust environment, um, or a high performing environment, you need to create a high trust environment where these, you know that you trust the people to do the job. If they, you hold them accountable. If they don't deliver, you also ask, understand why didn't they deliver? And if it's something that was um, probably out of their control, then maybe you can have a negotiation. If it was something that they really slacked off about performance, then maybe you cut them out. But they know that hey, I, I you know, I came, I came out short. Right. And so They're clear. There's I, 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 I need to leave. The way I like to think about this is this: uh, right now, I'm not a first-time entrepreneur, but majority of the times, and I like to use the analogy of parenting. If you have like I'm I've not I don't have kids I'm 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 not yet married but like what I've I listen to someone who explain this and use this analogy and say like when you have your first kid you're not prepared you don't know you know you're like hey how do we do the nappies how do we do this how do we do everything is an emergency everything is an emergency <laughs> you're you know you're in chaos and the likes and that is how when you do your first business it's like and then you go above and beyond. You, you know, you, you don't know the limitation. Now, the first kid teaches you a lot of lessons. When the second kid comes in, uh, you already know the ropes. You're cool running. When the kid is crying, 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 you, you just leave in the court. Ah, you know what? I'm not getting stressed, <laughs> you know? Or I'm not going to do this. So, like, you have a certain experience, and it sort of shapes how you're going to raise the second. Right. So you find that the first, second, third kid, or fourth kid, have a very different experience and you also learning because now you have a data point right you have real experience now when you're starting your first company the only data point you have is google 
you're reading, 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 you know? YouTube. But like once you got in your second kid or you're doing this, you have a reference point, you're like, hey, I tried this, it didn't work. Um, maybe I could try another thing. And they're like, and each of them has a different um, effect on the person you are. Some people end up becoming, if they are lucky, end up having this mentality that, oh, I don't need to, I just, I believe in myself and I don't need to listen to people. So it makes them differently. Some people are like, wow, especially people who are like, fail, 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 and they grow, they have a different mindset where they listen a lot and they, you know, it, it shapes people very differently. And that's like a very important factor to see that you can't have like the same type of founders in their lives, but there are some unique things that come out, you know, get the job done, um, you know, be aligned, be transparent, be transparent, accountability. Uh, that is no very agendas, things yeah. of that nature. So, so let's talk a little bit on how that aligns to, to governance, right? And, yeah. and this is one of the things that it's, it's so interesting because governance is supposed to provide stability yeah. to a company and transparency and so on and so forth so that people don't get in their feelings, right? They can kind of, uh, you have a board, you have um, somebody, uh, you have a I guess an entity that you're accountable to, the board can have in investors who put money into the company, some can be observers, uh, it will also be constituted to some of the founders. So when you are going through your, your, your experience, how are you guys set up? Did you have... Mm, yeah, we did have like a board, um, an advisory board, and we also had... So you can have an advisory us. board, did you have a governance kind of like structure um, or not? We, we had it, but it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was well thought about the way, if I was doing it the second time I wanted to be, mm. but we, we did have a way so how where we sat and talked about right. some issues and made the decisions way forward. Okay. Right? So how would you suggest people structure, think about how they structure governance from the beginning, right? Like, like what would you do different? Just what a couple would I do things. different? If I, based on what I've seen in the lights and I would have like a quarterly board meeting and... Who would you have on your board first? First, I'll have like the shareholders, the founders, mm -hmm. if they're free, mm -hmm. and then we will pick, let's say, someone who um, either has angel investor or someone we really trust, and you know, trust and understand respect. our type. Yeah, respect everybody in the everybody there respects that person. And another thing is, do they also understand the business and do they have time for us to you know grow this type of business? Is this something that they are willing to do? And also, you want someone who's experienced, who who can act as a neutral party to sort of, they've seen this scenario. The conflicts yeah, or whatever conflicts that come up, misunderstand. Or, yeah. or just, not, not so much conflicts, but just impasse. Right? Yeah, like yeah, people yeah. have different opinions on what should happen. Especially if they have a lot of board experience and mm -hmm. they like your company and they want to give back and grow with you guys. It's normally like a very, very good thing because I feel like a lot of we don't have that experience in our ecosystem. In the ex like we don't have so many people that have that type of experience. And so I'm happy to see we have, we are having like a certain type of com uh, companies being built and these founders are now being exposed to being part of the board. And soon these, these founders that have this experience then will now be the board members of new startups that right. come up. So, um, Comparing like five years back, six years back, that experience wasn't there. So no, it's even as a generally. founder, you don't know how to handle yourself in a board meeting and all that. But then now, as we keep 
you know, building this global business. You know, we're seeing companies that are coming up that are more so The experience is expanding. Yeah. We're scaling yeah. up the experience. Yeah. So yeah. we will have more better corporate structures and governance structures. Awesome. So what was the effect of not having, what are some of the effects of not having a good board that you've seen or that you've experienced? Mm-hmm. A good board structure? Mm-hmm. Or In my experience, what I normally see when that, one, what happens is, one, people are not having the crucial conversations um, that are deep. Things one are swept. Normal, yeah. Things are swept. Things are just being swept. Swept, you know, things such as ownership of the company. Um, Direction, strategy. Things about strategy. Um, things about fundraising, the deals, the type of investors we're getting. You know, and when that is not clear, it sort of causes this friction friction or unrest or uncomfort lack of trust lack of trust so it messes the trust you know trust equation right. and then now when things become low trust everything Ooh. you do is even if it's of good intent is questioned yeah. is yeah. misinterpreted yeah. people yeah. are like oh, i don't trust this guy yeah. i don't trust this guy and when you have that you know that's the recipe to to just yeah, yeah. broken relationship any relationship if yeah. there's no trust it's yeah, not going to last and mm-hmm. so if that happens between your founder and in you know all your colleagues or even your employees don't trust you you know so, you're not going to have a company mm-hmm. there in in a few times so you're mm-hmm. going to have and one of the big effects is you find people leaving companies right and then teams now start disintegrating teams become dysfunctional yeah that's yeah. that's that's a risk and you 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 experienced that firsthand based on what i know <laughs> um, i wouldn't say that uh, i'll say um or at least you've seen people go through that. I have seen a lot, especially um, in the one year that I, you know, like two years where I was involved like with Launchpad and giving back and meeting so many companies, like about two, 250 companies in that period. Like you will talk, 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 next thing you hear, founders left. That is like apart. new, right? Yeah, and yeah. So 60%, they say on, on average 60% or a study that was done by some guys, uh, at 60% founders dilemma, guys. It's actually not, it was somebody else, but 60% of the reason why companies fail, and maybe it's people, took, problems. It's people problems, it's actually leadership team problems, dysfunction, exactly. as, as we said, yeah. um, and people really underestimate that. One of the most uh, mis-underreported uh, anecdotes or, or, or facts is the fact, is, is the one that there was this guy in, in the Bay Area, it was called, he, he was, it's almost like a godfather of the Bay Area in terms, in a good way, um, Bill Campbell. Yeah. The late. Yeah, the late, Bill Cam- the, late, the late Bill Campbell. So this guy mentored almost everybody, right? Who's anybody in the Bay Area, right? So he was Steve he was Jobs. Called, he was, yeah, he was Steve Jobs' coach. So he was called the coach. Yeah. And, you know, when you... Because you can look at people like Steve Jobs or take your pick, right? And say, man, these people don't need a coach. Like, he is the man. But what happens behind the scenes is what ma- what makes a difference. There, there, was one, there was one particular story... Uh, Bill Campbell story that I liked. Um, I was reading uh, Measure What Matters by John Doerr, and um, there was this particular scenario where Eric Schmidt was part of Apple's board, right? And uh, and Bill Campbell was also, I think, mentoring Eric Schmidt or Larry and Sergey. I don't know, but I can't. I I don't have like the picture. But what happened was um, Steve was very mad about Google. Oh, okay, now I remember. Bill Campbell was part of both boards, and then Android launches just after iPhone, and um, uh, Steve is very mad, goes to Bill, and then he says, hey, please don't put me in a situation to make a choice, because you know, 
you wouldn't like the choice I make. So he was very honest and was he was so respected that he could coach rival companies at the same time and even hold them at bay and make them you know equilibrium because it was all about we want to have successful companies and, and you see, know you know and we see many companies just working together you know that's right. something I've seen so check this out Valley, the layering of companies and partnerships and all that so check this out yeah that dude got to Silicon Valley in his forties. No way. He was completely Midwest or different industry. He got to, and I think it was through Intuit or some other company, but he got in, in his 40s. Yeah. yeah. That tells you something. Experience matters, right? It matters. <laughs> it's, it's the real deal. <laughs> and now we're in this, generally, in this world where we think uh, it's just young people who are building companies. Dude, the result of young people building companies is the Facebook problems we've had with elections and all this mess, right? It's because young people who had not, what some whatever, were given unlimited power and um, it will have effects. And there's so many um, untold stories that things that happened behind the scenes, like you've talked about, you know, <clears throat> um, where you need that person who you respect, you need that yeah. Adults in the room, so to speak. It, it is it is quite important. It's very important. We've seen, I think, if you look at the innovation, um, sometimes age matters, it doesn't matter. I don't know. It's how, it's how you want to look about it. It's the perspective. We've seen companies that have been built by 19-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds that become amazing, massive. We've seen companies... But what, that, what, what is that? So here's the thing. The so, Facebook, the Google, the... Young ambitious people. Right, but let's what let's make the point the point here. Yeah. I'm just reading the Google book right now. Yeah. Okay. When Google was this crazy place in the beginning, they were doing all kinds of stuff and they were just growing. You see, growth will cure everything. <laughs> you can be a totally dysfunctional team, but growth. <laughs> there's no escaping growth. <laughs> you, you can't mess up. And, what, and once you get money from these investors, eh, my friend, accountability. You gotta. You, you have to start. So you know. That, so, so you know. That what, brings structure, right? And so you know what had to happen. Uh, John Doe. You're talking about John Doe. John Doe. Part of his whole goal was to bring an adult into the situation at Google, and Eric Schmidt ended up being the guy, right? And when that happened. It created structure, like you said. Uh, it didn't kill the structure vibe. Chaos. Structure within the chaos. Yeah. So it structured the chaos in a real, very, very real sense. But net of it, I think if you really look across the board, man, I don't know, man. Like, you will not find too many companies' examples who, outside of an adult in the room, have become big and scale. Even if they're in their background, even if they're in a Bill Campbell role, they will lack something. They will lack something, will lack. dude. That's and not everyone has the luxury of getting a Bill Campbell and all that. What I normally say is just try and find people, try and reach out to people that have some experience, you know, some especially like corporate corporate people that you know have been let's say in corporate for a while and you know they're they're used to like the boards. Or at least they've been part of growing a company. They, yeah, especially at a certain stage. And I think one of the key things that. I, I ended up learning is just understanding which stage of the 
building of a company you are in? Are we in the innovation product market phase? Experimentation Are, are we in the experimentation phase? Are we in the what, phase? what is required there? Right, right. Um, and in the next 24 months, how do we transition into growth? And that needs a different animal on its own. And you know, there's also another. So you, you see companies going through cycles and you want to ensure that you have the right skill set for that cycle. And Resources, have, right? And skill set and resource. And mindset. Skill set and resource, the and way mindset, I see it. Yeah. So don't try and start doing, uh, I don't know, high growth and you've not even gotten product market fit. Like, just go and talk to your customers and understand this product. Don't start doing like massive, you know, marketing company. Like don't mix the steps. Like yeah, just go. That's another big problem. Right? I Where always people see think people do like marketing. Marketing. Marketing is the answer. It's you know, the answer to everything. And, it's, problem, and, so crazy. and if you are familiar with the pirate metrics, marketing only just works on awareness, which is the first part, and acquisition. And you might have acquisitions, but are you, but have then are you, are you having conversion? And are you having retention? Uh, retention? Yeah. And then is that retention adding to revenue? Right. So then if you're looking at your strategy, then okay. So if you're spending, let's say, 60% of the resources we have on marketing, is that the right thing to do? You know? And are, are, what are we doing? Are we spending time on this retention and uh, conversion rate? Yeah. You know, and a lot of time you hear people talk about, oh, we have a million users, we have that, but like, I think the most important metric is like, what's your conversion rate and what's the churn, and you know, and what's the retention rate? Those are the metrics that you should say, oh, we are having like, let's say, ninety percent retention. That okay? There's something about this business. It's right. touching a core fundamental thing. But I I like an analogy that a great friend or mentor um, mentioned was every house has a back door. So every people will be entering, but they will also be coming out. They will also be coming out with your retention. That was, that was interesting. And retention is also across, you know, uh, even your employees. employees. A lot of people don't look about that. So you just see turnover of employees. So there's actually a fundamental problem in that company yeah. or something. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, no, yeah, that's good. Um, so I guess, you know, as we kind of draw to a close here, because this is going to be a short one, we're just augmenting the last podcast. A couple of things I always ask people, and you know, what, what's your vision 2030 for Silicon Savannah, right? Where do you see us, what is the possibility for our ecosystem um, in, by 2030? At least your, your version of it. That's a, that's a tough question, but I'll try and, I, I think we, we had a rough discussion about this, but the way I see it, I'm looking at, I'm looking at, a, this is my thought process, I'm looking at a couple of factors. I'm looking at one, uh, human capital, um, in terms of skill sets, talent, so, uh, yeah. talent. So I'm looking at type of developers we have, type of founders we have. Um, that that's the first thing. I'm also looking at the resources, like uh, sorry, capital. So first is human capital, talent, and then the second one I'm looking capital. at is the financial, the financial instruments that are now available. Uh, you know, if I want to start a company now, do how how fast can I raise a hundred k? to start $100,000, $100,000 to implement my idea, can I actually get it with a couple of my friends and we start doing this thing? That's, that's the second thing. I'm also looking at um, the type of policy or environment that we're operating in and infrastructure stuff. So payments, is it an online business? Like, are those Enabling being, are those en- ecosystem is, yeah, of is it products, an enabling, services. You know, and, 
I can say that now, like in this this decade that we are in right now, that we're about to enter. This one we're about, coming from, or this one we're, we're coming to? from. That we're, the, this is now the teens. 2010 to 2020. 2020. You know, payments. We've seen a big improvement in payments. Uh, mm -hmm. We've seen a big improvement in logistics. You know, the Gokadas and all this. I, Trying to, you know, they, they, we've seen like a lot of innovation going to right, that part. Right. It's not the okay, right? You know, right. we've seen the like yeah. We've seen the like, and those are like fundamental problems that are being addressed. Right. Then we've seen the rise of more capital coming in. Right. Some is local, some is DFI, some is like from Silicon Valley, but we're starting to see more money now start to look at the mm -hmm. continent. Mm -hmm. Then we've seen the likes of Adela, Moringa, we've seen like more African developers. That Jenga are, schools soon to be yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. We've seen like more developers actually coming out of this um, program. So human being, capital has been... And a good validation is, <clears throat> it's not just like African standard developers, world class. Like we're seeing a sort of Africans actually going to Europe, working. That's validation that actually we are producing world-class talent. I think the question is, how do we not Keep let them here. go here, let, let, let them just stay here, stay or at least go and come back. Right? Right. Um, or at least make it um, so exciting for them to, to, for them to come back, because they'll also come back with more knowledge. And so, when you have human capital and you have resources, and, people are, being and people are being exposed to ideas, I think... And people are also addressing some fundamental problems such as power, does the renewable energy and all that and you're seeing some growth in those things. Hmm, twenty thirty, I am actually seeing that we are gonna have a different type of surge of innovation and we're gonna be in a different level. Because I remember like it was around twenty ten that we started I have started. The the companies that were built in the two thousand between twenty ten the cellular seven Cs we've seen what they have accomplished. They accomplished that in like with little resources. Companies in the two thousand are like the Africans talking. You know they are like in a massive footprint and all that. So, you know the possibilities are actually becoming bigger, and bigger, bigger and bigger. And better. And so I we can basically we, build better companies yes. faster. Faster. Right, uh, and more profitably, so to speak. And more profitably. So this is so. What's so what, what do you? Well, that's it. I mean, for me, we would have a, what do you call? A, you know, every time I would go and meet these founders, they'll always talk about how they struggled, how they were broke, how they, you know, we won't have. I normally call it struggle porn. Sorry <laughs> for that, but like we won't have more struggle porn mm. such as that. Like the ecosystem we, will yeah, be much. More it's much more flexible. It's like supporting. how you. You just hear like someone has started a company in like San Francisco in like six, eighteen months, six, twelve months. Man, they're on TechCrunch. Boom, they already have series. And there's a very yeah, and there's a very sequence. We'll process. have more slacks. Right. There's yeah, a more sequence process from seed to series A to yeah, series. Yeah. And, and 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 those are just proxies for the way a company is performing. Right? Yeah. At the end of the day, right? Yeah. Um. So the way I like to say it is anyway. And, and, I'm 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 completely a believer in this. I'm really excited about the decade we're getting into mm -hmm. because all the uh, the tailwinds, right? The conditions on the ground are speaking to uh, a, a new reality. Where and it is so exciting because I I I I liken this to the potential impact in terms of social, economic, and even political change yeah. because we will have more people. 
who have more uh, what I call agency, self-determination, controlling their own des destiny without being co-opted into this, um, how do I call it, this infrastructure of corruption of doing things in a certain old school way. Yeah. Because the narrative right now, and I think the, the narrative right now is because, oh, for you to actually have a shot or make it or whatever, you have to kind of play a certain game. But I think that narrative holds because also successful people who build businesses in an, in an entrepreneurial space don't talk about it. They don't talk. They don't talk about it. They just execute. They, so this is, <laughs> the problem with this is you're not going to, you're going to have one, a one-story society. That's bad. I don't, listen, at the end of the day, you know, why are we here? What, what are we doing? Because all of us are not going to be here. We're not living this place alive. What legacy are we leaving behind? And you hear all the time, like what you're talking about, the old school, this is my business. And, you know, you, 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 you hear all kinds of stories from bankers about legacy issues, transition issues, the young generation of those families not wanting to do those businesses and those businesses falling apart. So for me, I look at, I look at this as more of a broader picture is how can our society be better? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the whole game, right? Whole game. And I think that's been robbed from, people don't have any faith anymore in that. A shared story, a destiny as a people, where we are going, what we can accomplish. The problem with having a mindset that is kind of like, man, I just got to take care of myself and do my thing, it is diametrically opposed to innovation because innovation is a shared thing. Your whole story is really about how you went and shared. You've built your... Everything about me has been about sharing about and sharing. collaborating. It hasn't been like, oh, it's about Ken and all that. And I have like this thing I tell people, like alone... You go X and then with community and sharing, you go 10X. Because when you start talking to people, you're out there, you're talking, you're sharing. Okay, this is what I'm all about. You have shared vision. People who know this, it's so easy for you to grow faster because then that other person will tell you, hey, meet this other person. I think he's an interesting person. Sometimes I meet people and I have a conversation. Next thing is like, okay, I think you should meet this person. They're very interesting. We meet, happens. we start, we do something else. And so... <clears throat> If more people had that type of um, fabric of, hey, let me connect you to another person. We're in, we're in this together. Let's keep we're it simple. We're in this together. Yeah. And you know, there's this guy called, uh, okay, there's a guy who uh, he's, he's got, he's very famous right now on Twitter. And he's, he's uh, the guy who does that, that uh, podcast. What's his name? Um, anyway, this is Tim Ferriss? No, no, not Tim Ferriss. So anyway, I forget his name, but he, he talks about... Sean Parrish? No, no, no. Basically, what talks about is all wealth comes from compounding. All good oh, things. Naval. In Naval. Okay, yeah, you should have just started with Naval. Well, I forgot about it. I Angel forgot his name. Angel. So Naval everybody, talks about this, right? But everybody is like always. I have like a friend who is opposed. He was like, hey. He's like tired of hearing it, all this like, oh, Naval said Naval. Naval, Naval is this. He's like, he's, he's a, he's a guru Naval. of Silicon Valley. Yeah. But you know, but anyway, keep I'm it about this guy, this guy is on some wisdom. It's about the thing about, I mean, that's also um, Charlie Monga and uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, that's right. their... Uh, that's their mentality, it's right. about so, compounding. So, so, right, so the value the, of compounding over time. Right, but it's not just only on one dimension about money, relationships. 
Reid Hoffman talks about that all the time. Relationships, your reputation, right? This is one thing that, and we'll kind of have to close with this. One of the things I learned or experienced when I was in the Bay Area was the power of reputation and the self-cleansing mechanism that is actually in the, in the Bay Area in Silicon Valley. You have to have a good reputation because you don't know if Kenji is going to be at a growth company next year. And Kenji better see me in a good way. And people who are naive to that usually come and throw things about and have this, you end up missing out on opportunity. That's how you miss Now here is the dynamic. In a fast growth opportunity redistributive situation as an innovation ecosystem, because things are changing so fast, you have to have a good reputation so you can be invited into situations, so you can be, those introductions can be made. Because, you see, it's not a Banam Kuboism situation where you, you've already made it, so you'll always be there. So I'll always have to, you can be an ass, you can be an a-hole, you can be whatever you want to be, but you, you're kind of taken care of. You see what I'm saying? The difference in dynamics. So an innovation ecosystem has this thing. Today you might be, you might be the person who your startup is kind of the darling of, you know what I'm saying? Two years from now, it's Kenju. So Kenju better, so you better be nice to Kenju. You better not just be nice to Kenju, you better be a good person. You better be a high performance, high integrity, high collaboration person. Exactly, we know that man. That is fun, Mr. Fundamentals. <laughs> and those are our values at Impact Africa Network. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway man, any, any parting shots for the team, for the, for, for the audience here, anything that you want to, you know? I think what I've been thinking about mostly has been on just knowing yourself, um, keeping that um, child mentality where you're curious. I think that's something that we, uh, we lose over time based on experiences that we get. So if you can keep that sparkle, that's a very big thing. The second thing is not like accepting yourself and projecting your authentic self and not letting the world define you. Amen. That is something that I feel a lot of us Africans and people like you go into an, another culture and then you get confused, you lose your identity and you're trying to fit into another culture. I say embrace it and educate other people to embrace your culture. So keep your identity, it's very important because it's a part of us and how we were conditioned. So that um, high integrity and you know let's keep executing man I like I like the stories but you know I know a lot of people know I love stories but at the end of the day we gotta execute and have results period yeah because if you don't execute what stories do you have to tell you don't have interesting stuff to talk. <laughs> you ain't got shit to talk about or write about so you gotta be you gotta be as my friend says you gotta be on the battle you got to be in the battlefield. And out there, just executing, because then you'll have a lot of battle stories to Amen. talk about. That can bless people. Okay. All right, man, that's it for this week. Chinemaji Podcast. We'll see you next time. Okay.